welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, we've got Mr. Paul Thorpe. Corn, sugar, and caffeine. I feel my body in two Dave Pryor. I'm still playing for both teams. Sometimes it feels I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke. Tony Pounder. I hear the jokes and I smell the punchlines. Lay broken in my bed for weeks. And me, Eddie Hopper. I got a feeling. Plenty of football to talk about, so get strapped in and get yourself a cup of tea and we'll get stuck into the show. And good evening everybody and welcome to yet another edition of Football Bloody Hell! Yes, Monday's back. We are back, and of course, starting us off this evening, that voice you can hear is Mr. Adrian Hopper. How are you doing, Aid? I'm all right, old dog. Got over this bloody COVID, thank God, so uh, all right now. Glad to hear it, mate. I was going to say you and me both, but mm. not about COVID, just general sickness. Yeah, but yeah. I think we're, I think we're back to full fitness and vitality now, Yeah. he says. Yeah. Also joining us this evening... Who should we go first? I think we'll go all the way continental to sunny Spain. Oh, yes. We've gone international. Uh, he's gone back home, you might say. It's Unai Emery, Paul Thorpe. How are you doing, Paul? <laughs> very well, very well. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Unai Emery would say, very good, very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> you get there over then? All right then, Thorpey, you, um, you're in Spain as we record this. As I say, gone international. How are you finding it? Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Um, it's slightly breezy down by the, um, uh, by the sea, but um, yeah, a nice bit of sunshine. Around about 15 at the moment, so not too shabby. Glad to hear it. Also completing the quartet this evening, looking very relaxed and very lounge. It's Mr. Tony Pounder who joins us. How are you doing, Tony? Good, thanks. Good evening to you all. And thanks for the invite, Thorpe, Spade. I'll just stay here minus three in the bedroom, don't worry. <laughs> just be thankful the central eating's still working, old dog. <laughs> That's quite the commitment, isn't it? Thorpey's recuperating in Spain, but he's still here for Three Valleys Radio doing yeah. football bloody hell. That yeah. is the sort of commitment that the listeners like to know. You don't get that on the BBC, do you? Oh, no. Right, I'll be sending AD the, um, a bill for the flight anyway, like, so... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, can you uh, switch your mic if I can't hear that, uh, Paul? What, 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 what was that? <laughs> He's oh. having palpitations back then. Uh... OK, well, we'll move swiftly on then, because I'm not sure that there is very much in the Three Valleys expenses account. I don't know where that's been for the last four years, but we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. And uh, let's start, as we always do, of course, with Yeovil, because it was another win at the weekend. This time, the visitors were Hampton and Richmond, who did uh, kick off the season with a win over Yeovil Town, of course, the 1-0 win over Even the Clubbers at the start of the season. Did I not say Hemel Hempstead? What did I say? Hampton. That's a bloody good start for me, isn't it? Bloody good start. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, come on, Edmund. 
BBC. Yeah, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Come on, Ed Thorpey. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell Part 2. <laughs> Did you listen in, Thorpey? I was there, actually. Oh, what did you think of it? Talk us through the performance. Yeah, I thought it was, um, you know, a, a fairly uh, decent performance, to be fair. And, um, you know, we had our little starlet who's come, you know, and joined us in um, Sam Pearson. And, you know, superb technique for his first goal. And, um, you know, he, he decided to take a chance for the second sh- in the shot and uh, struck it well. And with a slight deflection, um, you know, he got, got a good brace. Yeah, what do you make of the the signing uh, of Sam Pearson? Because, like you say, he was pretty much the difference um, at the weekend, and obviously had a spell at Yeovil previously under Chris Hargreaves, and he was a he was one of the shining lights in what was a difficult time for the club, and he certainly settled in straight back again right away. Just love his enthusiasm. I mean, and also, you know, sometimes you know strikers are already in the hole down the channels. Where he he's, he's, he was really intelligent and he was arriving, you know, when especially when um, you know Michael Smith was putting the ball down the channel and you know it um, it was a little bit of a break. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a really really good um, home debut and um, deserves his man match performance and uh, I, I I just think he's it's the it's the little bit they need to get over the line, you know, because now there's real competition for those places up front so they need to work all work really hard to um be hungry enough to score goals and uh you know get to the overall the championship really Tony were you there on Saturday? No unfortunately I wasn't uh listened to your commentary uh excellent as usual because obviously it was Gav I was going to say that's because I wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> no but um it sounds like they seem to be they're not even getting out of third, fourth gear at the moment. I think they seem to be um, cruising. Um, it's not the best league in the world, I must admit. I've said from day one, I've seen probably about a half dozen teams down here. But then you've still got to beat them. Um, well, we're still 13 points clear now. Yeah, yeah, 13 yeah. points clear of Worthing um, in second place. And what I like as well, um, obviously, you know, they they should be running away with the league, but they're adding a bit of quality every now and then. Because um, obviously, I would say they're more or less going to go up this year. Um, so they've got to start thinking of next year, bedding in players like Pearson coming in again this week, and is going well for the future, I think. Yeah, and he comes in off the back of Courtney Senior, who only joined the club from Barnet as part of the Jordan Maguire Drew deal uh, just before Christmas. Uh, he then went back to Barnet in order for Pearson to come in. Um, I didn't think. I don't know if you saw the games that um, Courtney Senior was involved in. It was only a couple in the end. I didn't think he would, did uh, too badly, but maybe just one of those things, bit of movement to be able to bring in a bit more of a key target, which Pearson looks like he was with the fact that he's a permanent signing as well. I tell you, yeah, one I thing that struck me about him, though, when I saw the, the interview that they did with him at the club, and he sounds quite a really grounded but determined young man that wants to play football and he wants to play football not he doesn't want to just sort of you know uh, run the gauntlet so to speak he's quite happy to he wants to score goals he's he's encouraging it he, he thinks that the crowd are wonderful which they are of course and uh, yeah he just strikes me as being a winner 
definitely a winner. Yeah, and like you were just touching on, Paul, as well, just that added little bit of quality as well that we can just keep adding to the to the squad that we've already got. And it's just all boding very well at the moment, isn't there? There's not really much else to add to it. Well, I, I think that we would have um, gone up anyway. Personally, I think we'd have, you know, we should be going up anyway with the squad we had. But like you say, given that quality, you know... Um, Possibly uh, looking even further ahead as well now, well, Paul, maybe. Tony will tell you, next league's t- different gravy. So that's totally uh, a different kettle of fish altogether. And we've got to be ruthless in that league. That league is is a really excellent league. Got some really famous clubs in it. And um, that is going to be a different kettle of fish. So if you if you think the next one's going to be easy, then then you, you, you'll be you know fooling yourself, really. And, um, you know, I'll say Tony will tell you, like, you know, the, the quality they got above and, and and you could only got to look at what um, Wrexham had to put in to get up from that league. You know they didn't do it on the first season when they were throwing all that money at it. So that shows you how um, how ruthless that 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 next uh, division can be. I think as well, like you say, we obviously know the national <coughs> needs are a bigger step. But, um, they're going about it quite well, like you say, we're bringing in players. Uh, there's nothing worse, I think, going up with a team we've got, like early season, and then in the summer you realise you've got to put seven or eight players together. Um, he's putting the cogs in places now, I think, which he realises. They, they, they must be confident they're going up. Um, and like I say, then you can hit the ground running, I think, a good pre-season, and he keeps adding players at the moment. Uh, and they go on and win the league, and some have a good pre-season, and they hit the ground running straight away, I think. And all thanks to Mr. Hellier. And he's doing a very good job. I, I can't quite understand why he's, he gets you know, so much uh, criticism on social media. Because to me, you know, I mean, who else would have got us to this position? I don't think anybody else would have done. You know. Well, he's, he certainly um, said that he would give the manager the tools to be successful. And he's certainly done that. And you can only admire the man for digging into those those pockets of his because, you know, it's not a cheap business football and um, he must be blown about away by, by the success that he's having, but also very wareful of, of what it's costing as well. Tony, what sort of money do you think he would have to, uh, you know, provide for t- when we get into the National League? I'm assuming we will. But I mean, you know, percentage-wise, how much how much more would you think he'd have to add to keep to keep that sort of momentum going? Well, like I said earlier, I think he's adding at the moment the players he's bringing in ready for the national league. Um, but he he knows when he took over the club that it's it's not a money making profit, money making thing. A football club, you're going to lose money. He has certainly backed um, backed the manager with everything. Um, I think I'm not sure. Travis, they said about the budget was 1.2 million this year. I'm not quite sure, but that's the rumours going around. So you would think he's got to go possibly 1.5, 1.6 next year. Hmm. Um, you know, you've got to increase. But um, like I said, they're doing. I think they're doing the business quite early, um, which is a good sign. Um, but also, I think by getting back into the national league, you're going to attract better players. Yeah, uh, and especially the run they've been on at the moment, it seems to you know players want to come here now, which the last four or five years we certainly haven't had, had we? 
I think the last mm. time we had it, like Gary Johnson's era, where you had Premier clubs were willing to send your corkers and stuff like that, people like that coming down because they yeah. it was a good standard. Mm. We we're playing well, which we haven't had for a long, long time. And, and not just the players. I mean, look at the money spent around the ground. I mean, you know, you've got this uh, entertainment area out in the back. You've got all the seats being tidied up, new dugouts. Um, I don't know what he's done upstairs. He's got this magnificent table, I gather, in the boardroom, which I'm obsessed with. Um, you know, but I mean, it's not just the team. He's doing, he's doing the whole thing. And, you know, he's not doing it by halves, that's for certain. Oh, he certainly put his money where his mouth is. Like I say, it's not mm. just on the pitch, which I think that was the main thing to start with. He had to back the manager and, you know, the stability's there now. Uh, but what he's done off the pitch as well, um, I think you know, I think I was listening to the podcast, was he on last Monday? Yeah. Where he said he's virtually completed everything apart from the cover in the away end, mm. which, what's he been in charge? Six, six seven months? Something like that, isn't it? May, yeah. May wasn't it? So, yeah, so to what he's actually done, you know, and to get that far ahead of, you know, just apart from not being able to cover the away end at the moment, I think it's a fantastic achievement. Yeah. Bill P? Yeah, I, I'd reiterate that. Absolutely. You know, you've got to take your hat off to him because he's uh, he's looking a lot more professional up there. You know, the it's, it's a lot smarter, the, 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 uh, the bar areas. They've got more staff there. Um, it's just all around. It's, it's you know he's he's really must be well ahead of where he thought he was going to be at this stage. But one thing I was going to pick up on is a point that Tony made, and it's going to be really quite vital, I think, for next year. Is 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 one is that Cooper, you know, he he's got obviously got good contacts in the higher leagues, um, but it's drawing those um, better players. Who are probably not going to get uh, you know on loans from like higher higher divisions coming down to Yeovil Town and hopefully you know the reputation of Yeovil Town of looking after their um, uh, you know their, their loanees when when they, when they were up at the dizzy heights before will stand us in good stead. But that's going to be very critical of uh, getting some really good um, loan signings in to, um, to 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 compete with you know with the higher clubs at this level next level. Yeah, yeah, that's true enough. Aid, um, Thorpe sort of touched on it there, but do you think that um, this will be beyond the expectations of Martin and Mark <clears throat> Cooper as well to be sat top of the table? I know there's expectation around Yeovil, of course there was, but there would have been with the likes of Torquay as well, and the fact that they're 13 points clear at the top of the table, and we're in, we're on the 22nd of January as we talk through this. I mean, no one could have expected it to have gone that well, could they? Well, I suppose for a start, he'll be looking at his bank balances and seeing whether that sort of correlates with the position the team's in. But but having said that, I mean, no, I don't think anybody could have really, you know, maybe five or six points clear. You would have, uh, you would have probably thought, well, you know, that's par for the course kind of thing. But uh, mm. 13 points clear and a game on Tuesday night, if we win that, we would go 16 points, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, is is yeah. wonderful, really. It's, it's it's fantastic, and you know I'm, I'm sure he will definitely go down. I mean, poor old Gary Johnson was always going on about he wanted a statue put up at Hewish Park. Well, at this rate, Martin Henry is going to get a statue up there before Gary Johnson does. Well, you've touched on it there. The next game is uh, Tuesday evening. We record this on the Monday. 
and they hopefully will be making their way down to Plymouth to play Truro. And I think I've got that right, seeing as I have a track history of not tell, saying the right team <laughs> that Yeovil were playing. I'm pretty sure it's Truro. Um, Tony, I'll come to you. Do you think there's any danger of this game not going ahead? Of course, there's weather warnings up and down down the country, and so it might be a little bit of touch and go this one. What do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Are they one of the pitches artificial or not? Is it the Parkway they play? Is Truro yeah. play at the Parkway? Plymouth Parkway. Yeah, is it artificial pitch? Don't know. I'm not sure. I got a feeling it was artificial, but um, obviously with the weather we've had, like I say, the wind. Obviously, um, I think it's staying down tomorrow, so I'm expecting no, it to one, go there's ahead. There's a new one coming in tomorrow. Another one, oh, Rachel. Is no, is it Rachel? I can't remember what the name of it was now, but, but yeah, there's another one coming in. So there is it down at Plymouth. Like I say, if it, the know, only. Thorpe says, as a player, um, you don't mind playing in rain and uh, like horrible conditions. Well, apart from me, I never like playing that. Um, but wind. <laughs> what a nonce. <laughs> <laughs> but to be you'd fair, like, you like getting dirty. <laughs> I have 25 degrees, I wouldn't play. <laughs> you speak to most professional footballers and they say that the wind. Is probably the worst factor to play in. Um, and certainly the way Yeovil's playing at the moment, you want to get it down and play, you know, and if it is an artificial, the uneven banks and that. So um, they certainly won't want those sort of conditions. They want to play their football. Um, it's like, a, it's, a, a, it's a game level, I think, you know, if it's a real bad condition, uh, Truro certainly be up for it. I think, did they draw the weekend, Truro? They go, they're sort of a bit inconsistent. You have a good result and they um, lose a couple. They're a bit inconsistent, but it's going to be a tough test for them. Um, but like I say, the incentive there, what Aidy said, to go 16 points clear. Their match was postponed, Tone, due to a frozen pitch. Yeah, yeah. It was other games well. Yeah. yeah, at yeah. the weekend. Hmm. Well, like I say, it's, I think, like I say, they'll be obviously, they'll be eager for this one, you know. I think everyone who's playing Yeovil at the moment is like a cup final for them. Uh, do you remember the game in the early? Well. Do you remember the game earlier in the season, Tone? Because I think it might have been one of Yeovil's first home games. It wasn't the very first because that was St Albans, but it was within the first month of the season. And I think it was the last minute one all header. Um, I think it yeah. was um, Paul Watson, isn't it? Is manager of yeah. Truro. I think he was disappointed not to get something from the game. So you know, if that's anything to go by, then it could be. Could be a little bit of a test tomorrow. Well, Watts is, Watts is no fool. He's nobody's fool. I mean, he's extremely you know experienced. Played for Plymouth for Christchurch, along Southampton. He's been around yeah. a bit, so I think we'll find that uh, you know Yeovil will have a game on their hands tomorrow. I think for certain. So we'll quickly go around the room then and get a quick prediction out of you because you know that's what we seem to do now on football bloody hell. We like to put people to the test. So. Uh, Tone, I'm going to come to you first because I'm not sure if you've done one of these cheeky little predictions. So, uh, where do you see it going, Tone? And you can't say match postponed. I was just going to uh, say, uh, <laughs> you read my script already. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go 2 0 Yeovil. Oh, he's nicked me, but he's scoreline. I'm also going to go for a 2 0 Yeovil. <laughs> Truro are in yeah. a little bit of form. They've uh, they've won lot one 
uh, sorry, they've lost one of their last five. Uh, they are in 18th place at the moment. 18th Aid? place, they played 24. Um, but uh, I, 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 we, we must have the quality to be able to finish this team off. What are you going for, Mr Hopper? Well, I hate to be a, a, a prophet of doom. I, I'm, a, I'm, a great, I'm a great believer in, in the law of averages and Yeovil have won so many games of late and I don't want to put the kibosh on them but i just got a funny feeling that they might end up drawing this one. So I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to jump Get on the, I'm going to going to jump on the 2-0 bandwagon because uh, that seems to be coming in a lot at the moment. Thorpe, you and Rick, I think it was, that predicted 2-0 at the weekend and that came in, so uh, I'm going to join. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I don't want it. I, I would much prefer you lot to win and me be left holding the baby, but I'm sure. Uh, you know, cuz I I don't want to but I just I don't know, I just when you get these long runs, you know, winning runs, it's it's always, uh, you know, you know for a start that everybody's out to get you because you're the top team, you're top of the league and you're going to go down there and they're going to think, right, we'll bloody put them in their place now. And, uh, you know, I just, just got this horrible feeling it might end up as a draw, but we'll see. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Doom and Gloom there. I might, I might change my to 5-0 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doom and Gloom. <laughs> we can't all be sat in the sunshine now, can we? Thought, no. Eh? <laughs> Where, where's your Cuba Libra? Yeah, I'm surprised you're not sat yeah. there with a with a nice glass or something. Yeah, Thursday, San Miguel or something. Have you got any San Miguel no, there? No, this is a rehabilitation. I'm off it. Oh, so I believe that. One day, maybe. I will I will not be touching it until my wife gets over here. So it, I am um, alcohol-free at the moment. Well, I, I definitely saw a, a San Miguel lorry getting on the ferry heading in your direction. So... <laughs> <laughs> Is that, it must like, be it... pounders. that must be pounders coming over then. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> that really would be the last straw. <laughs> I thought it was one of those like, midlife crisis sort of things when people go you know, to these retreats and go to find themselves. I thought yeah. it was, might be something like that, Thorpe. Are you going to find yourself? <laughs> I was lost long ago, me. <laughs> did, did Sam mention I... to you she's had... Um, uh, uh, cameras put all around the house that you don't know about. Oh yeah, hell no! <laughs> oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I've done the debugging Thor- already. Thorpe's gone to li- look. Thorpe's gone to Love Island. It'll be live on ITV Two at night. Oh o'clock. my no, god! What a thought! <laughs> what a thought! Yeah, what a thought that would be! Yeah, Deary the, me! The mind boggles. Yeah. No, I've got loads to do. Going to be a little bit of decorating as well. Like so, we'll keep uh, keep it all up together. So uh, it's uh, it's gonna it's, it's 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 nice nice out here at the moment. Oh, the old Ralph live, eh? Oh, I don't know. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> well, don't forget then, listeners, that Yeovil against Truro, all being well, you can listen on Three Valleys Radio uh, Tuesday evening, seven forty-five kickoff, and it will be Tom Bailey and Cy Thayer who will be down there for Three Valleys. So hopefully that one does go ahead and of course to try and keep the momentum going having beaten Hemel Hempstead Town at the weekend and not just one point on Hemel Hempstead Town as you put it um, Mark Cooper made a, a, a very strong point when he, he did his after match uh, comments 
And apparently, when they lost up at uh, Hemel in the in the first game of the season, they Hemel Hempstead really gave them some stick on in the dressing rooms, banging on the walls and really going for it. And he said uh, the the lads remembered that. So uh, I think there was a little bit of needle there to start with, anyway. But it's nice when it all comes together, isn't it? You know, if they've given him some stick, well, have it back now, boys. That's right. Good good luck to Hemel all the way down in tenth. Yeah. Right, we'll move on. Um, one for the Man United uh, contingent amongst us tonight, because before we go to the Premier League fixtures, because, of course, it was the second half of the split weekend with the uh, winter break spread over two weeks, just gives us an opportunity to see that... Um, I think I pronounced this correctly. Omar Barada, who mm. was the chief executive, uh, I think I've got that right, of Manchester City, is going to come across to Manchester United. Uh, they've been searching for a new CEO, CEO since the departure of Richard Arnold and have now found his successor in Barada, who has played a key part in City's recent on and off the field success. A couple of questions, Aid, on this one, because... I think it's probably mixed, isn't it? In terms of one, to get somebody in off your rivals and at a club like Manchester City, that must feel like a huge power move. But at the same time, with these charges that are looming over Manchester City, is there any concern about what this chap might be tied up in? Well, according to my friend Rick, and Rick, he knows. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. He knows what he's talking about. Um, my first comment was, well, uh, Jim Radcliffe doesn't get to own and run and whatever a company like Ineos or however you pronounce it without being pretty sensible. And he must surely, surely have considered the possibility that if City get found guilty of these charges, that Mr. Barada might have had some sort of input to them. But Rick reckons no, it's all been sorted out beforehand and um, there's, there's no worries of that. So I hope he's right because it would be an awful disappointment and well, it would be embarrassing apart from anything else if, if it suddenly turned around and bit us on the bum. So that's the first thing. But other than that, from what I've read about this guy, he sounds pretty switched on. And, uh, you know, somebody that's been doing it for Manchester City for 13 years did I read is it something like that it's quite a while um one would think he's picked up a few tricks of the trade along the way so I'm you know I'm do I'm you know fair. Aid why he's why he's taking up the offer is it because he just he 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 knows Jim Radcliffe from previous and wants to sort of work out the relationship or just fancy the change or I don't think it's necessary that I think it's it's more a question of a, a new challenge or should we even put it another way? More money. <laughs> or get out of the frying pan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Or maybe maybe he's bailing out before the ship sinks. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, um, because it, it, it could be a case of that. So uh, I hope, you know, he certainly sounds switched on. I'm beginning to think that Mr. Radcliffe does know what he's talking about and what he's doing. Um, I still think this delay of this dragging on of all this red tape just to get... You know, if he's paid the money, let him get on and get with the job. Why are we going to wait again until halfway through February? I think it's annoying to say the least. But uh, but it's, if it's a good move, if it's you know if 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 he's all that he's painted to be, it's a good move. So um, it's going to be the first step of many, I hope, to um, put United back where they should be. 
Paul Thorpe, you got your hand in the air? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to say, I think it's... Um, am I right in saying, Tony will be able to tell me, or, or, or somebody will be able to tell me, he's one of the chief witnesses in the... Um, when, when this finally um, comes to court or whatever. So that that that's going to be quite crucial. But as a, as a steal to get this guy... I mean, Jim Radcliffe, he's made an absolute... Uh, this guy is real, real big time. He's really, really good. Um, he knows his stuff. He, he was integral in getting some big players going to um, to Man City. And um, if he can do the similar type of job at Manchester United, other teams must be worried. What's your thoughts, Tone? Um, I think it's, it's massive for me, I think. United have been crying out for the CEO for since I think like the Edwards days. Uh, he took over after Edwards, um, but they've been crying out for someone for a long, long time. My only concern is why? Why has he left Man City? Like I know AD referred to money, but I mean, surely Man City can match United's money. Um, is there a bigger picture? Like you say, is he is he jumping ship? Um, but obviously, you just said, like Thorpe said, he's a he's a witness in that. Um, could he could he be done as well? Then obviously, he was the CEO of the buy-ins and that. So, but my understanding, uh, uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe is a very intelligent person. I would have thought he would have looked at all this before he's agreed to sign him. But he so wasn't the CEO at City, though, Tony. He was he was some other highfalutin title, but he wasn't CEO. I do know that. But he must be. He must be involved in surely like this Man City. I think it's going to come quicker now. Everton and uh, Notts Forest are going to get done again because they're saying like it could take ten years, doesn't it, Man City? But you're thinking, yeah. have they just have <clears> they just <throat> done Everton and Notts Forest? And it looks like they're going to get done again this week. How have they done that so quick? Yeah, well, they, they say the reason clever. is that it's two different. It's like apples and pears, and they're, they're not the same. The, the charges are not the same uh, at Manchester City as the other two were. So I don't know if that's right. I mean, they they dragged this out for five or six years, and like yeah. they potentially could drag out for another five or six. They've obviously got some very very clever lawyers, or something's going on there. Like I say, but um, like I say, his credentials are unbelievable. What he's done, I, I think you're right. He's just over 13 years he's been at City. Yeah. And I think he had a really good rapport with Pep as well, didn't he? So, yeah. Um, I'm just wondering as well, is looking at like two and two together, is Pep, is this probably going to be his last year? He's got, I think, another year after that. But I think how much further can he take Man City? Is he? Does he want a new challenge? Does he, um, you know, I think... I personally, for me, if um, uh, Gareth Southgate had a bad Euros, I would love Pep up to step up to international level because that's probably the only thing missing on his CV at the moment. I thought you meant the other way around and Gareth Southgate take over Manchester City for a moment. <laughs> well, I could see Southgate coming to United. <laughs> I could see um, Jim Ratcliffe like, um, being one of his fans, I would have thought, because uh, he's always said he, he wants to get back into everyday football so he misses a day-to-day running because it must be hard being an international manager because what what do you get the coach training every six eight weeks probably more than that sometimes isn't it so it must be frustrating when you like to do the hands-on day-to-day so like i say there's i know we're referring back to the ceo again um 
is there more to it than we think? Does he know something about Pep? Does he know something coming around the corner? Or is it just a genuine, he wants a complete change? Um, Man United are at the bottom at the moment. You know, the pile, they need to restructure, rebuild. Is he taking on a project he thinks he can deliver? Hmm. When, you, when you think about it, it's, um, it's, it's a massive challenge at the moment, isn't it? So, you know, he's done it with, with Man City. And now, this if he needs a new challenge, bloody hell, he's going to really get one, isn't he? Because, <laughs> you know, it's been a real demise, really. And, um, you know, I've said it before, like, you know, don't get, it wrong, don't get it wrong, I'm pleased to see, you know, Man United doing poorly. But we need that competitiveness between the, the top clubs and, you know, those those Man, City, Man United, um, Man City games, Man United, you know, uh, Liverpool games and even the Arsenal games, they're massive, massive games. And, um, you know, just excitement. Um, I mean, the last one weren't too clever, but they're massive games they are. And uh, that's what you that's what you need in this league. You're right, yeah. you do. But uh, I just, just, like I said earlier, you know, I just hope to God that Jim Ratcliffe's got it right. Um, and, and, you know, like I say, I'm not, it's like, a, it's like Trump in America. Trump's got people advising him as he goes along the way. Well, presumably Jim Ratcliffe has got people advising him and they must know what they're talking about to get a company that, I mean, a billion, what's it, billions of pounds that that Ineos is worth. He must know what yeah. he's doing, surely, doesn't he? I mean, I don't know. Well, you, just, you, just... you, you look, it, it, it seems <clears throat> by show that, it, that he does know what he's doing and, um, you know, but the, and and this is you know uh, looks from the outside, you know, an outsider like you know that it's a very very shrewd move. Hmm. Yeah, well, it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it all come out in the wash, as they say. We'll watch well, with interest maybe, over maybe the next couple of weeks. Plan B is to get rid of uh, Ten Hag and bring Pepin as well while he's at it. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Blimey! I think I think there's more chance of me getting the job, eh? To be honest. Mm. <laughs> Well, I'd More say that's a pig. <clears throat> but on on that point, though, I mean, you know, my sons keep telling me, "Oh, you got you got to give the the man time, etc." And fair dues, he did do a good job last season. But I just I've got no faith in him, and when you know, I always I always make sure I see his comments after the game, and some of the comments he comes up with after the game are just so irrelevant to what's been going on on the pitch, and you think. You know, we've got a project. We've got a project. Everybody's got a bloody project, for Christ's sake. You know, it's, and it's just... He doesn't inspire me at all, I'm afraid, Ten Hag. To be fair, again, from an outsider and a, and a Liverpool fan, you, you really have looked woeful. You know, as, mm. a, as a Man United team going out, it's... Uh, you know, you can, you can give all the excuses you want, but to be honest you, and Tony will say, you know, they've been woeful. Perhaps for a Man United side... Some of the signings have been almost comical. The money, the money that has been spent on a very, I think, a very average side, is just crazy, you know. And um, it's not, it's not what we, as as football fans, it's not what we expect from Manchester United, is it? No, I'm not arguing with you at all. I agree. It's, it's no. been, and I mean, look, you know, Wigan in the FA Cup, two 0 and we had to rely on a penalty to make it two 0 now we've got Newport. Uh, you know, I hope we don't struggle against Newport. We ought to get a hat full against Newport. But I don't know. It all depends on what type of side he puts out as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're just, we're just papering over the cracks at the moment, aren't we? Mm. I always yeah. gauge uh, 
I always gauge a football team. Uh, if you take the, the top four at the moment, say Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, who's the other one? Say Tottenham, isn't it? Say Ch- no, Villa, Tottenham Villa. right there. Villa. How many Man United players would you want or would you take into one of their sides? Mm. Uh, the, personally, for me at the moment, I don't think there's anybody. Now, that's embarrassing <clears> to say, <throat> isn't it, as a United Maybe, maybe Martinez, I should think. He might scrape in, but there's not many more. Well, I wouldn't... Yeah, I'm not sure still about him. He gives a lot of free kicks away. Yeah. I don't think they're... They haven't got world, world-class world players at the moment. No. Um, I'd like to say, I don't think there'll be many with walking to any of the other teams. And I think, like I say, we... And it's, it's true what you say. You listen to his interviews afterwards. We've got a project and we'll play, you know, the plan went... Went well today. Mm. Well, I've got to say, I've turned a lot of United games off because it's been so drab to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know, like Anthony, eighty million right winger. I think I could still do a job on that right wing. What he does, he just checks back every time and plays it back. Well, um, I think you you apparently were available, weren't you, Tony, on those wages? Eighty million. They, they can have me for a set of bibs. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Tony failed a medical. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on my phone apparently, today, though. There's a, apparently, apparently, you have to get dirty. There's a story on my phone that says that United are negotiating with a Saudi Arabian team to sell Anthony and Sancho for a hundred million. Which oh, to the Saudis? Yeah, to the Saudis. Mm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, go ahead, do the deal, for get rid of them. <laughs> You know, but what what is he what has he actually seen? What does he see in Anthony? Well, he, he keeps don't... playing him and stuff. And it's uh, like, let, let's save this conversation for another podcast, or we'll we'll completely run out of time on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I want to go through the um, results that obviously happened over the weekend because there is only the five games, so we'll be able to whip through them. Um, in the second half of the pod so may as well do it in chronological order because they're all live on TV so we'll start with Arsenal beating Palace by five goals to nil and um, Thorpe I'm going to come to you first because I think you said yeah. one all in your prediction and um, I know you do like a little bit of Crystal Palace and there is a little bit of flair yeah. there but they are sinking like a stone at the moment aren't they and there's now questions of Roy and the board and the ambition of the club how do you how do you see this going for palace well they to be fair i was i was disgusted with them to be honest with you i i was they were woeful and then Eze, he he produced what i would say was a decent performance the rest of them i well i was shocked and and if that's the performances that you know roy's going to get out of them from from now till the end of the season then i think that it's um you know especially with all this stuff coming out about from the fans their big you know the fans are obviously going, thinking they're going to get stuffed anyway if they're bringing those banners out, aren't they? But you know it's 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 woeful, really, and it's not something that I think can be tolerated. Listen, he did a really good job keeping them up. I think it's it's too big for him now. I think I think there's there's good enough managers in the championship that that can get more out of their team in a workmanlike way um, than, than than what what I think he can uh, anymore. So I. I'm expecting, I'm expecting that that position to be changed fairly soon, fairly he's, soon. He strikes me as he's he's like Ted Hag in about thirty years' time. Poor old Roy, he looks completely oh, lost. Oh, the touch lovely line, bloke, doesn't he? 
Yeah, nice guy. bloke, absolute legend. Yeah. But I, I just think the time is right now to change and get somebody in there, get a new, better life into that club. Because the fans are fantastic and they've got some exciting players. Just can't defend properly, like, you know. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I was really disappointed. I thought that they might they might surprise a few on, on the weekend. And and when I saw the, saw the, uh, the game, oh, just... just Men against boys, absolute men against boys, and I think it's time for a little little change at the helm. How do you see this one, Tone? Because I can sort of understand this a little bit from the Crystal Palace fans, because we've referenced before on this pod about look at teams like Charlton and Blackburn, and you know, in in years gone by, Bolton, who have sort of been in that. Premier League bracket where they've been there for so long, Stoke City for a little while as well, Swansea, you know, there's loads of them. And then they get stuck between, right, what do we want to do now? Do we want to push on or do we want to just sort of balance the book and just sort of exist? And I can understand from Palace's perspective, yes, you've got to be careful what you wish for. And they're in the Premier League for a long time and they're doing well. It's a good you know, spell in their overall history. But they've got to know what what they're coming to every week. Are, are we looking to push into the top ten? Are we like, wh- where, where's the ambition? What's next? So can you sort of understand it from that perspective? Oh, most certainly. Um, I think Roy went in at the end of last season and did a fantastic job. And I've got to say, they were great to watch. They got some great, um, like I say, attacking play going forward. I love like Eze. Um, He's, he's like, say, I'm surprised no one's come in for him yet. Um, but Roy did a fantastic job there. And it, for me, that was a time to go. He kept him up. Yeah, he met the brief, didn't he? It was he, like, he did everything he wanted. He looked happy. He looked like he was enjoying his football. The football they were playing were brilliant. But it's like you say, it's a bit like you say the Stokes and the Swansea. They've gone into the season. They think they've stayed up. You know, they get into a bit of a rut, I think. They get, you know, they feel stale a bit. Um, and I think the time was for him, thanking him for what he did last year. Or even bring a young manager in with him with the view to take over last year. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm i surprised. I thought Cooper would have been in there this week, um, the old Forest manager. I think he's absolutely perfect for that job. I see, and I see um, Carrick, Carrick's been heavily linked now. Carrick has, is he? Yeah, it's the latest name. He's untested, though, isn't he? Untried at that level, isn't he? You know, I just think, I, I agree with Tony. I think that's, you know, uh, uh, Steve, uh, he's, he's the ideal man for that job. I think they've mentioned it before, like I say, but I, and I referred to last year like when Roy did a fantastic job. I think the time then, if they're talking about Carrick now, I think that would have been the perfect opportunity to bring Carrick in and keep Roy upstairs yeah, a little bit of guidance and help. Yeah, uh, there's too many of the old, the old school managers. I call them. You know, they come in. Warnock comes in and does a job, and then next year, you know, they struggle a bit. Why don't they get a young manager in and let him work with him for a year? See, like, um, yeah, Roy the trouble with that work. principle, Tony, is that they're all afraid of dropping out of the Premiership and the money that goes with it. You know, because presumably they've they've spent untold amounts of money at Palace because these Americans are coming, haven't they, and funded it. And yeah, I guess yeah. they're, they're afraid if they if they take a chance on Michael Carrick or something like that, that uh, they could go down and then suddenly they've got major problems from a financial point of view. That's, that's what's, 
was a better fit, and he because like you know he 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 was really loved by the fans at Nottingham Forest, and he and he kept them up, so he knows what's expected, and he knows what to look for. Where like you know Carrick really, we still he's still learning his trade, and you know I think he's probably two seasons too early. That is for for me. How many how many times have we seen it with Gerard Lampard yeah. uh, Rooney? You know, they have a good season somewhere, and we push them, promote them yeah. too quick. And like I say, I, I would like to see them guided by you know an older head, um, and bring them on like that. I know, like sometimes they want to do it their own way, but just just Roy upstairs, his knowledge. Like the trouble with them, they're not going to give up. They don't. They're just they live for football, and yeah. until you stack them and get rid of them and don't give them jobs, you know they keep going and going. Like I guarantee you, Warner could be back in within a month or so to try and save some other club. You know, this is just—it's his way, isn't it? But, but, but when you look give, at the way give, the, 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 these people appoint managers, you, you mentioned Rooney. Well, now how could Rooney? I mean, he was welcomed into Birmingham as though he's going to be the Messiah. You know, they—they they got rid of a perfectly adequate manager in Eustace, and and Wayne was going to be the boy. Well, look what happened to Wayne, and I mean that was based on. A mediocre season at Derby County, a bad season in uh, DC Washington. What what makes them pick him in the first? Just because he's a good player, I, doesn't mean I, I, he's I got a good manager. On, I, got, I got to disagree on that one. I thought he did a really good job at Derby. I really, I thought he did a really good job at Derby, and I wish he. I'll be honest, with you, I wish he'd stayed there. Mm. I, I think that was made for him there. Uh, he went over, you know, to to America, but you know, which he was fairly poor, but um. Uh, and again, he's been put into a situation at, at um, Birmingham, which I just don't see the fit. Don't see the fit at all. Mm. What was what was the thinking, Birmingham? They were sixth in the table. Yeah, they, they went from him. they went from sixth to nineteenth in yeah. the space he, of his tenure. He he came in and lost for two games, and the crowd was straight on his back. The trouble with Rooney, you love him, I hate him, don't you? If he's yeah. come into a club where you're sixth in the table, you lose two or three games. They want him out straight away. Mm. I just don't understand why the chairman brought somebody in. You know, when you're six in the table, you've just got. I think they were five unbeaten. Well, what about um, what about what about Arsenal then, Tone? Because I say we were touching on uh, the situation at Palace, but from an Arsenal perspective, they they needed that, didn't they, after a difficult end to December? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely. And I think, like Thorpe said, it was men versus boys. Uh, they, I believe, they went to Dubai had a twelve day break there. Yes, and I they think, were working on set, know, peas, uh, set pieces, especially. Uh, set peas? I did laugh because they set said Set peas, uh, yeah. Bird's eye? Peas. <laughs> do, uh, do, do you lads think that we could do with a little um, mid-season Dubai little break? Uh, AD, is oh, that on says, the the man, says the man in Spain as he says that. Dubai is, you know, is, is far nicer. <laughs> oh, hotter. Hey, hey, yeah. Adia pay for you to go to North Perrick Cricket Club for yeah. the weekend. That's, that's the best I can <laughs> give you, mate. <laughs> but, but you, you'll have to do some groundwork. Yeah, it needs oh. it badly. <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> but, yeah, going back to Arsenal, I think, like I say, they needed that break. I think they'd come at the right time. They've gone away. They've had a bit of team bonding. Like you say, they've worked on the set pieces and <clears> they highlighted it. It's early Saturday. Was it three set pieces they scored? Yeah. But, um, to be honest, I did watch them, and it, I think you referred to it earlier, Thorpe. The marking was atrocious, absolutely oh, atrocious. Well, now they're all praising 
the free kick specialist, aren't they? Um, the coach. And, you know, they do come off every now and then, but it was basic and basic errors. So I don't think it was, you know, brilliant, you know, stunning free kicks. It was just poor defending for me. But, yeah. um, they've, they've, you know, they've come back and they've set the ground running 5-0. I know it was against poor defensive palace, but you've still got to win these games. And, you know, Rice, you know, they look all energised and I think they'll be a force a little bit this year now. I just can't mm. get over how good they are at close control and the short passes and the intricate passes movement when they're especially in the in the uh, opposition final third. Some of the passing and you know it's it's brilliant. I mean, I don't like Arsenal as a team particularly, but you have to say that the way they play is is extremely good. He's a he's a typical Arteta team, isn't it? Like mm. he was a very good good footballer, kept the ball, um, and like I say, the pace they they play with. Um, he plays high intensity now, and that's why I think that breaks done him the world of good because they had a lot of games December coming up. Um, I think they looked a bit tired, and they've gone and had this break, went to break a bit of team bonding, and I think they've come back fresh. And I think the timing. Um, are they are they at the FA Cup? Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah, they're at the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't be so smug, Mister Pryor. <laughs> but like I say. They've just got to concentrate on the league now, where last year they had a few cups. They didn't have the squad, I think, the back end last year. Well, I think they got a bigger squad this year. Players, uh, the players who's been injured are coming back to fitness. Um, so, like I say, I think they could be a bit of a force. 5.30 then. It was Brentford 3, Nottingham Forest 2. Goals, 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 goals uh, at tea time. And the story was obviously all about Ivan Tony, his return and... Aid, it was a pretty much the perfect return from him, wasn't it? With the free kick, I know that Forrest weren't happy with his little bit of um, what, moving what's the, the ball word? About. Cheeky, cheeky nature of moving the ball, but um, you know, it's fine margins, marginal it, gains. It, it you see it with, with being other a very things, soft goal, it happens though, because mm. it, it, you could see when they showed it, uh, they analyzed it on the TV today. You know, you could see this big gap there at the end of the wall. And, you know, he, he craftily moved the the ball around. But surely somebody from the Forest defenders should be said, hang on a minute, there's a huge right hole here. He's going to snick it straight through, which is what he did. And he went straight in the net. The goalkeeper was nowhere near it. So I, I thought well, that, was, that was poor. That's, Tony will tell you, even before he'd moved that ball, that was a shocking wall. Mm. It was, wasn't it? Was, it? It was nowhere near. And even, even the guy on the end was saying, is that enough? Is that enough? Because it looks yeah. like you can bend it around. To me, you've got to blame the keeper. How many, yeah. Stop, you're a defender. How many keepers, when the ball's actually spotted, you don't take your eyes off it, and you get that wall over half a yard, close in the ball, yeah. and he still hasn't done that. And like I said, the defenders were moaning. There was a gap. You could see there was a gap. Uh, they've highlighted that free kick. I'm telling you now, every person who takes a free kick's done that. Yeah, move it every time. What, yeah. Move um, the ball, you mean? So, sorry. Did you say move, move the ball? Yeah. Mean, yeah, move the ball. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if he moved the ball or didn't move the ball, he was still going to score because it, it was. <laughs> I just like said, you know, they've highlighted it. The free kick moving the wall, cheating, but that goes on every game. Yeah. Now the keeper should be lining that wall up. A keeper where the last thing he does is look where the ball is, go at you go to the post, you have a look where the wall is, look where the ball is, you're happy then you're ready to go. 
to take their eyes off that was I, I think that was schoolboy. When, when Man United played Forest a few weeks ago, they absolutely slaughtered the Forest keeper. They absolutely slaughtered him on TV and said he was very poor. Um, well, he was, wasn't he? Because against, against, I think they've had problems with both of their goalkeepers. I think they've chopped and yeah. changed between yeah. Turner and oh, I, I set myself up now. Flockademos, I think his name is. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Well, we've had candy floss and peas now. What else we got on the agenda? You got any four candles? Yeah, I got mm. four. Oh, another, another topical reference there here on Free Valley's Radio Tone. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed this. <laughs> well, two other games then took place on the Sunday. Uh, so we'll just go through those in the last eight minutes or so, whatever we've got left here on the pod. Uh, Tone, I'll, I'll stick with you. Uh, Sheffield United 2, West Ham 2. Um, well, it all kicked off in this game, didn't it? Certainly in the last... Well, I think there was about 15 minutes of stoppage time, all in all. There's a penalty, two red cards. Um, what did you make of that one? Uh, it was strange, wasn't it? said up until then, it was one of the best of games. Uh, I've only just seen... Was it a penalty decision that wasn't given? Uh, yes, yeah, so that was, today. that was afterwards. It was, was, that, um, was this two all then, was it? The centre-back and Dan, uh, Jared Bowen, wasn't it? They were, well, the referee had judged that they were grabbing each other. But um, what do you think? It looked like Ings was just well, pulled, sorry, Bowen was just pulled to the ground. If that's outside the box, it's a free kick. Yeah. You, you've seen it, a centre-forward mm-hmm. holding off a defender. If he pulls him down, it's a free kick all day. So... I, you see this quite a lot, don't you, on corners and uh, free kick. Defenders are not even looking at the ball. They're more concerned of like grabbing their man. And I, and I want refs now, and I want the league management of refs and that to step up and start giving penalties for this. I don't think the Sheffield United penalty was a penalty either because um, Ariola, the goalkeeper, was a judge to have come out and hit the player and not the ball. But I think he missed both the player and the ball. I'm not sure. Missed, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, if anything, I, I think the attacker put his elbow into the goalkeeper. Yeah. I didn't think he yeah. really did anything wrong. Yeah. You agree, Thorpey? Yeah, I totally agree with, with, with all that, really. it's. Uh, I thought the, um, the, the, the keeper was fouled on that penalty. And um, I thought... It, the other one was definitely a penalty. You know, I was looking at it thinking, how has he got away with that? How has he got away with that? What did you so think of the t- red cards? Did you see those decisions? <sighs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I could see well, one. Was, one was a second yellow, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot in it, though, I didn't think. Yeah, but he, the lad's got himself to blame because it was a stupid first booking, really. Like, and I've got no sympathy for him, like, but... Now the second one, yeah, I think it, it, it was um, it was just just about a, a, a red card, and um, yeah, I, I've got no no qualms with them really. Like so, uh, but it was, it was, let me say something. Bloody good watching, though. <laughs> I, I, was in, I was enthralled by that game. Play it again straight away. Keep it going. Uh, on the twenty uh, minutes of injury time. And there wasn't given the Bowen one. Did that go to VAR or not? No, but he should have done. He should have done. Fear at all? Can they not do that? 
if they've got VAR there, I, I thought the whole idea of VAR was that it looked at everything. They don't pick and choose which ones they're going to do, surely. Well, this is where it's failing. No, That's a billion-dollar question, Adi. Because it, say, it says also for clear and obvious errors. Well, the keeper getting hit and giving that penalty was a clear error. So why are they not saying, listen, my son, you've got to go to the, the screen. I think you might have made a little boo-boo here, mm. and, which you might get caned for by on match of the day. <laughs> or by other, do you know what I mean? That's the exact they, language they use, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, why wouldn't you use something like that? I mean, it's, yeah, listen, you've made a little boo You might have made a little boo-boo there. Go and have a quick <coughs> and then you get the right decision. That's what it's there for, but it's just not being used properly. Any signs of life in Sheffield United? They look a little bit more um, dangerous in front of the goal. We've got um, Brereton Diaz, of course, on loan from Villarreal. He's prolific in the championship. Didn't quite happen for him in Spain, but might just be that they're a bit more competitive in the second half of the season, but probably too little too late. Would that be yeah, fair? I, think, I think they've got the right man for the job. It's just that he's going to be um, trying to get him promoted next year in the championship, isn't he? and uh, that's going to be a tough old... You know, we've all talked about the championship, how tough it is, and uh, he's got his hand, he's got his hands full there. But they're certainly competing a lot, a lot better now than they were. One you more know, game. You then. know one thing. Oh, go on, Tone. Last point. I mean, you, sorry, you know one thing. You're going to go to Sheffield United now. You're going to get into game. Yeah. You know, where before I think they were getting steamrolled early days. Yeah, the eight like nils behind them now, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're going to go to Sheffield United, and you'll know you're going to be in a battle. Totally agree. So there is five games uh, altogether this weekend. But as we record this, Brighton and Wolves hasn't happened yet. So it was just the one game uh, happens for on Sunday was Liverpool beating Brighton oh, uh, Bournemouth by four goals to nil. Oh, um, must we? Do we have to keep repeating these things all the time? <laughs> well, if your team won, you'd be able to join in, AD Hopper. But seeing as that isn't the case these days, Thorpey, two now, for Darwin, two bitchy. for Jota. That was really bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> Job yeah, done. Uh, uh, they normally struggled at Bournemouth, to be fair, and um, I did give it a little 2 niller. But, um, yeah, they, they, um, they, they were streaks ahead, to be fair. And uh, really, really good finishing. Everybody stepped up to the mark and uh, got, got, got the job done. So, uh, keeps them nicely at the top of the table, old lady Hopper and Mr Pounder. Uh, unfortunately, I had the oh, antique show on. The antique show. Uh, were you, yeah, were you on there? Deirdre, how, how much did they get for you? Deirdre Poops brought in a lovely carriage cloth, and i got to say it's worth £50. Pounds. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Settle down Antique, now. Settle Antiques down. Roadshow, were you looking at when you last won a trophy, Tame? Oh. No, he Ooh, is really being bitchy, isn't he, today? <laughs> I was looking at Thorpey's old videos. <laughs> <laughs> not not those videos, Thorpey. All our yesterdays. <laughs> well, you know when v- I said... VHS or Betamax. <laughs> videos, and funny enough, Deirdre Poops was in that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who is she, anyway? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we, we, we're, we're on, the, on the deadline, mate. We, we haven't got time to discuss this anyway, so I think we move on and say cheerio. Oh, what a way to discuss Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth <laughs> Liverpool. 
No, well, if, you, if you want to go over, you go over. That's all right. We're um, pretty much all that there. The only thing I was going to touch on is the fact that it's the Carabao Cup semi-finals this week. So just uh, if you give me two names, who do you think is going to make the final? Because, of course, Chelsea are 1-0 down against Middlesbrough going into the second leg. And Liverpool have a slender 2-1 lead over Fulham. So, Tone, I'll start with you. The two names that will be in the final. Middlesbrough, Fulham. Dorothy? Liverpool, and I've got a funny feeling Middlesbrough are going to do it. Aid? Middlesbrough, Fulham. Of course. It was oh, a stupid oh. question, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course it was. No point going around at all. Of course it was. <laughs> Liverpool, Chelsea. Harry, is, when is the Liverpool game? Wednesday. That's perfect then, because Antiques Roadshow reruns on Wednesday. <laughs> Even better. You'll enjoy and that, Tone. And that's all we've got time for. So, uh, Tony Pounder, thank you very much for joining us again. And I'm sure we'll speak to you in the non too distant future. I've really enjoyed it again, and thank you to all. Paul Thorpe from sunny Spain, thank you very much. And uh, uh, enjoy adios. whatever you've got next. Adios. Hola. Hola. <laughs> What's Hola doing out there? I don't know. Hola's there, though. <laughs> A very good evening from myself, Dave Pryor, A.D. Hopper. Sign us off. Yeah, I will sign you off. Um, thank you very much for joining us, everybody out there in Three Valleys listening land. And all I've got to say is, football, bloody hell.